Yeah, <laughs> I'm back. Hello, sorry. Um, missed a week. I've had. Uh, let's talk about it. Hello, and welcome to the queue with your host Quinn Neuro Nerd, as you should know me by now. How's everybody doing? How's your day been? How's the week been? How's your previous week been? It's been a whole week. I missed, so it's even been two weeks since you've heard my voice, depending on if you listen on the day that it drops, which hopefully you do. Um, yeah, so I missed the first day, or the second day of May, actually, the first Monday of May. May the 2nd. Why? Uh, because I <laughs> um, had a lot of stuff happening over the weekend and during the previous week in April, just had a lot going on, had things to do, people to see, places to be at. Um, so I just couldn't, uh, you know, fit that into my schedule. Um, so I am very, uh, sorry that, uh, you missed a week. If you're an avid weekly listener, that is my B, but I'm working on fixing schedules and getting used to, uh, recording on different days or double recording if I need to. Um, looking forward to the schedule. I shouldn't need to do that until at least after the 16th, just because Boston's getting a new job. Um, so our schedules will change as well as we are moving on the 31st slash first. So going into June, my schedule will be looking completely different. Um, and then of course in July, we will be having a family vacation that I'm going to. So there's quite a few uh, different things happening there um, that could potentially mess up my schedule here coming into the uh, summer season, uh, which is crazy to think about that we're already in summer and we've only had like a month of spring. If that's more like two weeks of springtime, and already this coming weekend, the 7th and 8th into the next week, the time you're listening to this right now of May, it's going to be in the upper 80s, closer to 90 degrees all week. So <laughs> we're really just skipping over springtime, which is my favorite season, favorite time of the year. Um, of course, you know, I always enjoyed uh, like Christmas. I mean, Christmas is fun. Winter holidays is great because it's, you know, holidays. And of course, my birthday is well coming in in January. So really getting all of like the fun festivities happening in November, even at the, the end of October, um, it's a lot of fun and I enjoy it very much, but just something about spring hits different, dude. Like the early bloom, all the pollen in the air, the fresh cut lawn, um, the people just in happier moods, the sun being out for longer, being able to wear any type of clothing you want, whether you want to wear shorts and t-shirt or if you decide you want to wear pants and a sweatshirt. It's just anything you want to wear, you can wear. Whatever's comfortable, it's going to be comfortable. Um, so you don't have to wear a sweatshirt or a sweater. You can just like decide, yeah, you know what? I'm tired of wearing a sweatshirt. I'm going to change it up and wear a t-shirt. I'm going to wear shorts and a sweatshirt or a long sleeve shirt, whatever. You can wear it. That's why I like spring. It's because you can do whatever you want and everybody's in a good mood. And there's like zero expectations of things because it's everybody's coming into the grind session of the end of their school year. Um coming into summer and then holidays don't exist during springtime you have like easter sunday which i mean even if you're a christian who really cares <laughs> um the easter holiday is for the children i mean yeah you might go to like easter service or whatever cool praise the lord you know that's hype okay i'm down for that but there's no like hoopla if you don't have children or you don't hang out with younger siblings or younger cousins. Like, it's just not a holiday that is expected and required of you to, like, do things if you don't want to. Um, 
And then anything outside of that, there isn't the, I mean, there's St. Patrick's Day where you go and drink. There's Cinco de Mayo where you go and drink. <laughs> so it's it's vibe time and then spring break happens. There's literally no expectations of any type of holiday or family gathering um, at all during the springtime. And it's just it's just a fantastic season. Uh, everybody's, uh, you know, upswing in mood for those seasonal d- depression folks. Um, heart goes out to you. I don't um, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist, but I understand from a fundamentally scientific mental way. Um, there's an easily ex- an easy explanation for seasonal um, depression. I mean, clinically, it might exist. It might not. I don't know. But uh, I had a very good conversation with a few different people about this. And hi, Murph. You're either up here or you're not, dude. Don't bite. Play with your rope. Uh, had a very good discussion with a couple different people. There you go. That's what I thought. Get on up here. Um, about this exact topic and pretty much what it can be. Basically, well, in our area, it's it's a bit different. I mean, you could have seasonal oppression in other places might exist. But here in central Illinois, you don't have seasonal depression. You just, your body can't um, acclimate to the weather in central Illinois because it's one week rainy, one week snowy, one week 80 degrees, one week 12 degrees, uh, 15. It's icy out all the time. It's brown and nasty and gross, but it's never consistent weather and consistent temperature that your body is always on edge and you're always trying to determine what's how's the day gonna go based on the weather and how do i prepare for the day you really can't so more of it comes down to i don't know how to prepare for the weather than it is um i have depression when it comes to holidays (laughs) and the winter season um so that's kind of how i break it down um so like for myself i don't think i have seasonal depression i just hate the weather um and the winter months in central illinois due to the temperature and the things like that so uh, if that's also you um you're welcome for uh, fixing your diagnosis of seasonal depression and allowing you to think in a broader scope of maybe it's just where i live and less to do with my actual um you know mental impairments or other such um issues going on with my own body it might just be your situation which could be a cause which could then lead to worse just normal kind of depression which does become a mental uh, issue. So it's just something interesting that I've thought about uh, for a while um, and really kind of fleshed out in conversation with other people who have similar, um, didn't come to the same conclusions, but have the same phenomenon that they think occurred to them. That makes sense. Um, So yeah, that's something, (laughs) that's a tidbit of insider knowledge that, uh, of my brain. Um, But outside of that you know this just it's a great time of year i'm a huge fan of april may um it's just a good time it's good vibes great weather great times for me um throughout my life um yeah so that's that's the weather that's the the reason why i wasn't around for the past week to two weeks depending on um how you listen to this um but i'm back um consistent should be for the rest of may i should be good but I'm really not sure what the schedule is going to look like um, in June, especially the first week or two, because I'm moving. So I got to figure out the new, uh, the, just the new uh, workflow, the new schedule. Um, so with that being said, you know, let's uh, let's get into the rest of the podcast. I have a topic that I want to talk about. Murphy, please stop biting me. You can just go if you're going to bite. If you're going to sit here and bite me, you can just go ahead and go. I do not need you to do that while I'm sitting. Here. Thank you. Though. That's very nice. You're a very sweet boy. Thank you for the kisses very much 
It's a good boy. Uh, yeah, sorry. Murphy's being a little wild here. <laughs> uh, he's a little restless because I haven't seen him all day. I haven't seen my doodle all day. Poor guy. He's being so sad. Uh, so topics. Sorry, let's let's jump into my topics here. Uh, what do I want to discuss? Um, main thing, uh, I have some new uh, self-hosted things that I've been working on and have implemented this past week. Um, I've finally gotten to some of my projects. Um, and then outside of that, not much, I don't think. You know, I have um, a couple plans that I'm, I'm drawing up for our new home that I can also discuss that, that fits in the realm of self-hosting and networking. So that'll be a topic as well. Um, but really outside of that, um, another good conversation that's, you know, I'll go ahead and get to the conversation I just had with Cam today, um, just because it's more topical top of mind and has to do with my own opinions on things, um, and less about projects, which I can save towards the end, just in case you're not interested in that kind of thing, which I understand not everybody's really into the self-hosted, um, or even just in general home networking stuff. I understand that that's not for everybody and you may not even understand what I'm talking about. So you may just tune out or just stop listening, which I totally get. So I'm going to try and push that to the end of the episode. That way you can kind of get some more of just me and generic topics early on. So you uh, feel welcome here. <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, the, the discussion I had with Cam today was about my desktop environment on Windows and why I have it the way I do. Which is a very interesting question, first of all, because he he likes to ask those kinds of questions, like why are you the way you are? And why do you do the things you do? Um, just out of curiosity kind of thing. So the, the conversation was pretty much wrapped around uh, why do I use a translucent taskbar and why is it on the top of my screen? And why do I not have any icons on my desktop? It's pretty much the main things that was uh, of interest to him all right murph you gotta go dude. Keep biting. thank you please stop please stop um so yeah that's some that's uh that's the general idea of he asked why why do i do that why do i customize it and what's the purpose there so um well easy answer is i just hate windows taskbar it annoys me so much the default windows 10 taskbar is utter trash garbage just terrible to look at i hate it so much and with how much time i actually stare at a computer not particularly just the desktop but having the taskbar which is ever present on my screen specifically um, because i can't handle it being like the drop down where you have to like swipe down and then it appears hate that that's actually worse because the frame rate on it is terrible the lagginess of it is just god awful and it's just not responsive enough for me so the, the taskbar has to be always there and it has to be as small as possible. So it's very, you know, it's it's pushed down more than it usually is and all the icons are smaller than normal to make it even smaller. Um, and that's not just for a screen resolution optimization or screen size optimization. I could care less about that. Um, that's not important to me either. I don't really mind if there's a bar on top or bottom. It's not, doesn't make a difference to me, but specifically getting as rid of it as much as possible while it's still being there for the responsiveness of opening and closing applications that I actually use every day. Um, so that was my uh, very basic short answer to him, which of course he just kind of laughed and it's like, I didn't even think that that was like a reason to change those things. <laughs> it was more of like, maybe 
you just liked the look of it or um, you didn't like the original way it was at, laid out or there was like a workflow reason or a screen resolution thing. It's like, no, nah, nah, it has nothing to do with it. It's literally, I just hate the UI. Um, and the amount of hours that I've stared at a taskbar and used a taskbar, it just, it needs to be better. And it can't be better, so I'm going to uh, minimize it as much as possible so it's in my way as little as it can possibly be while still also being there and doing its general function. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was the original uh, the explainer for it. And... Um, it finally really came down to also I, I recognized that I used Linux a lot when I was younger on a laptop we had a Debian installation because Windows just couldn't load on it and I had a small um, internal drive so we didn't have a lot of storage it was a trash like HP laptop or something um, so we had Debian on there and Debian uses the floating uh, apps on the left, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I've used it. It could be Ubuntu, whichever one has the floating apps on the left side, and then the top bar, which is like your networking and other um, application tray stuff, and your time. Um, you know, your system time is smack dab center, and it's on the top bar. Um, so I've been very used to that OS and that system of using a computer. Um, so it was something that just came naturally to me based on um, prior experience with um, computers. So it's always started there. I haven't always had the taskbar on the top of my monitor um, or my screen. Um, originally, of course, everybody has it on the bottom bar. It was a normal thing. But when I had Windows 10 for a while, I actually used the uh, having it on the right side of the screen. Don't ask me why, that was an odd thing. Um, I also did that with the Chromebook I had at school. I would have it pinned on the left bar, actually. Um, don't ask, I don't really know why I did that, but it was also something of just being um, different. So actually, I do know why I did that. Yeah, I am. I, I do know. That also has to do with why I bought a MacBook. Um, there was a short stint in my uh, career as a human being um, that I wanted to be pretentious with my computer usage maybe i don't know but i've always uh, customized my computer to be as custom to me as possible and as difficult for other people to use as possible so small icons small text on a very uh zoomed out screen like a 4k screen that recommends like 175 for the viewing resolution so you can actually read things but i use 100 as small as possible resolution so the most amount of pixel density as possible with the smallest possible text, it's like size 8 point font defaulted across my entire OS. So everything is super tiny and makes you really focus on what you're reading and what you're looking at, which to other people is like mind numbingly headache inducing terrible time. Um, all of my icons are as small as possible. My mouse moves either incredibly fast or extremely slow, just depending on uh, my mood for the day and what I'm doing. Um, and my keyboard is, I mean, it's just a general keyboard and mouse. It's nothing too special, but I have extra buttons on my mouse that do different things instead of what they're supposed to do. Um, so that was just like a huge thing for me at some point. Um, and so that's why my Chromebook was as weird as it was and not having any icons on the desktop because everybody liked to uh, use shortcuts. And I was like, that's just a waste of time. I'd rather just click a button to search my files and find the applications that I want to run or open files and folders that I want to open. Um, because it was less clutter and easier for me to parse in my brain, um, <laughs> which is a very interesting thing. Um, that's the, like I said, that's the reason why I have a MacBook is because nobody else really knows how to use a MacBook. 
Um, at least if you're a primary Windows-based user, you are in a foreign, foreign place if you were just immediately go to a Mac OS. <laughs> uh, so that was another reason why I used a MacBook, and that's why I bought a MacBook instead of a laptop. Um, I don't know if you can hear the squeaking in the background. That's just Murphy with his toy. He's just being wild. Um, so don't don't worry about that. That's that's a that's a sound that I am making. Not uh, it's not on you. Um, so yeah, that was a very interesting discussion that I had with Cam today. Um, and then we had a mild discussion about why Donkey Kong. <laughs> um, I, honestly, the Donkey Kong is just a meme at Metro. Uh, for context, um, we have a Slack where we do everything basically within inside Metro. That's how we all communicate as a business um, without giving away too much, um, which I might have. But anyways, you can change your profile picture. So my profile picture is Donkey Kong. Um, why? I don't know. It's just that I was thinking of uh, what my profile picture could be. And I was just like randomly thinking of something. And then I started talking about... Um, the golden banana or something like that um, i can't remember exactly what the song is and then marcus is like bro that uh, you just awoken a deep deep down memory of mine from watching the donkey kong tv show and i was like i can't believe somebody else has also watched this tv show and so then i immediately found one of my favorite like screen grabs of donkey kong which is like the dk shook um for that's what i call it anyways it's just him like with his mouth open like shocked face donkey kong and i made that my profile picture on a friday and everybody loved it. Um, and then I was like, you know what? That's it. That's what I'm going to change every Friday. I'm just going to make a new profile picture of a different uh, screen grab from the Donkey Kong TV show. So that's that's what I did. Um, and it took like four or five weeks for people to notice that I was just changing different ones. But they were all still like Donkey Kong and all still from the TV show. Um, and then somebody found a Donkey Kong... Um, like Mario Kart's 3D printed gross looking thing from McDonald's. Um, it's <laughs> so that's also now on my desk now. Um, so I have a little Donkey Kong mascot and I was like, you know, I'll just take it one step farther. And my desktop background is also a Donkey Kong. It's actually, I think it's uh, the stock icon. No, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's artwork based on the, uh, smash ultimate Donkey Kong. Um, so it's like a faceless character. Everybody has like a faceless uh, version of themselves. I don't know why, but, uh, that's what my background is. So we also had a conversation about that. Is like, why do you have Donkey Kong <laughs> as everything? And I was like, it has nothing to do with actually enjoying Donkey Kong. I mean, like I played Donkey Kong 64 and I've played, um, you know, Donkey Kong and Smash Brothers. And I, I understand the whole uh, mythos of the Mario character, but he's not really like my favorite Mario character. It was just a meme and it's just kind of stuck. And so now it's just a normal thing. <laughs> um, So, yeah, that was a good conversation I had with my good old friend at work, Cam. We talked about that and uh, why I do what I do. It was a very interesting concept um, that I was just thinking about on my way home. I was like, you know what? I'll share it on the pod. Might as well. Um, so hopefully you also enjoyed that. Um, but now to get into some of the new stuff to do with my home network. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um... Finally, I got my second Raspberry Pi figured out. Um, it is currently called Doc Pi. It is running Docker. Um, it's actually running uh, Raspbian Lite, so it's the headless OS like I've discussed before um, for Raspberry Pis. All right, Murph, you gotta quit, man. Hey, hey. Take it in the other room. Take it in the other room, please.
All right, hopefully that wasn't coming through too much, um, but I, I went ahead and kicked him out just in case. Um, but yeah, we were talking about, sorry, talking about Home Lab, Raspberry Pi, right. Um, but it's running a Docker uh, image. I don't know exactly what to call it. Um, it's running Docker on it. So all of my stuff is being containerized inside that, um, which currently all it's running is Potainer, which is a um, Docker image um, web GUI, web UI interface. So I can manage images and stuff from there instead of uh, SSHing into the Pi itself. I can just use Potainer from my web UI um, and manage all of the Docker images that are being ran or containers that are being ran on the Pi. So more or less remotely, but it's just an easier uh, interface for managing uh, Docker images and Docker containers. So I'm getting into Docker and Docker Compose and all of that ecosystem just to uh, see what the advantages are to it over um, running uh, VM with multiple um, things running off of those, which really just comes down to the light um, lightweightness of Docker. Um, over running uh, a hypervisor with VMs and allocating um, that way. They both have their use cases. I'm still fleshing out my thoughts on both. So um, not going to have that opinion here yet. Mm, but anyways, so yeah, I have the second Raspberry Pi called DocPy. Um, it is currently running Potainer um, and it has images for Vault Warden and um what does the other one have on there um i can't look at it right now because it's unplugged and i want to wait for it to boot up while i'm sitting here on the pod talking about it um so yeah it's got potainer which is currently running on it and then it has vault warden which is a uh forked open source version of bitwarden that basically gives you everything that bitwarden does but for free so like you get the free two-factor authentication and the free storage and all that stuff and you can sync the same way through bitwarden as you can with Vault Warden, you just like change your keys or something like that. I'm still working on the uh, production face of that. Um, so yeah, I gotta configure all of that stuff, figure it all out. Um, and then I have to make that forward facing on my network. And thus I need an SSL certificate. Um, that is not something generated inside my network, which is what I normally use. Um, I make my own um, certificates and I am my own root CA. Actually, technically, um, I think my main machine is considered the uh, root CA of my network. So it hosts all of my um, SSL certificates and then um, everything certifies to my main machine because it is actually the machine that has the most uptime um, because my server PC is actually getting more updates and restarting more often because of uh, the applications I'm running off of it um, versus a Raspberry Pi, which has the tendency to explode or not have a lot of bandwidth, and so it could be slower. So that's why my main my main machine generally averages about 15 days of uptime, um, and that's an average over I want to say a month. So for most of the month, if not longer, it's online. Which actually averaging that, I think it's like six months or something like that. So it's up 15 days um, on average, something like that. I don't remember exactly what the the thing is, but something along those lines in that metric. Um, so that's why it's my root CA. But since I have to have a forward facing um, password manager, I need to have a legitimate certificate and a hardened password and hardened two-factor authentication um, connected to that as well. So I'm working out the production and the solutions for all of those bits and pieces before I fully launch project. Sorry, I just got the hiccups all of a sudden. 
Um, so yeah, that's what Vault Warden is Vault Warden is going to do. Um, and then that's the other thing is Pie Hole. Um, currently, I have Pie Hole and Pie VPN running off of my first Raspberry Pi, which I haven't renamed yet, so it's still Ras Raspberry. Um, but anyways, it's on a separate Pi, which is just running directly off of the uh, OS. So it's a lot harder to remotely manage. Actually, it's impossible to remotely manage. I have to SSH into. I can't use Potain or any other piece of software to manage those. Um, so I am going to build out PyHole in the Potainer, and then I'm going to um, work on a way to. Uh, I'm gonna actually I'll probably leave the VPN bare metal, um, and then that's all that that Pi is going to do. And then I'm going to hook it up with uh, heat sinks um, and fans for active cooling. Um, just because the VPN is something I need to have up more often than Pi-hole and other services. Um, the main reason is because I need to be able to access my network while not at home. So on a laptop or my phone or a tablet or whatever I'm on, I need to be able to push back to my main network at a moment's notice to, uh, you know, fix things, um, or to access whatever I currently have running on my network. Um, so I don't really want to containerize that, and I really want to have it separate from every other device just to uh, reduce the overlap of things and stuff and whatnot. So that's the current plan for those two. Um, and then going forward, um, I'm going to be pushing a couple of the things that are on my server over as well. So I've looked into um, like Deluge, which is a, a torrenting site similar to BitTorrent or QBitTorrent as what I use on my desktop. Um, for all your juicy uh, Linux ISOs and other um, friendly uh, files that you're sharing with your friends. Um, so that's that's all going to be pushed into a Docker um, as well through De De Deluge VPN, which can all be routed through VPN um, just for security and safety because it's outward facing on my Pi, which has other internally facing only things. So it's a security reason why I'm going to be pushing it through a VPN. Um, is to just reduce the uh, abilities for hackers to easily connect to or nefarious people. You don't have to be a hacker. You just be somebody accidentally stumbling upon it, um, just making it uh, more difficult for that to be do, done. Yeah. So that's the case for those. Um, and then the other thing that I'm working on um, is a dashboard, which I'm building out as I build up uh, containers and software um, and other self-hosted pieces on my network. So the uh, desktop, not desktop environment, what am I thinking of? Um, the current, um, I can't think of, I just lost the term for this. Wow, dashboard, jeez, lost it there for a second. Um, my current dashboard of, of choice is Heindall. Um, I, I think it's better than uh, Homer.box just based on um, aesthetics, um, just the white the way it looks better and uh, the general vibe that Heimdall gives off. And it also allows you to do some searches inside of it as well so it's very interesting um which heimdall is being ran off of my server currently um i will be pushing it over to a docker image um, i'm planning on cloning what i have currently and pushing it over into docpy um, i'll get to that eventually it's not necessary um but it will be something that'll push over just so i can uh, manage it manage it through potainer instead of having to remote into the server and then using the docker hub that i have currently installed in it i'm just going to change up how that's being configured um but opening up heimdall which is my dashboard. Um, you can't really see it. Um, I might post a picture of it on my Patreon. I'll put it in the Discord, things like that, if you want to really look at it. Um, if you already know who I am, just DM me and ask, what is Heimdall? And I can hook you up with what 
um, visually what it looks like for me. But I have a couple widgets, a couple apps that I have uh, pinned up here, which is, of course, Potainer, uh, my Pi-hole instance, so you can get back to uh, the web UI for both of those and manage uh, my DNS and all of that and all the other uh, routing uh, information can be taken through Pi-hole and then Potainer, of course, I've already talked about. Um, I also have Jellyfin, which is the better open source version of Plex. Um, Plex isn't bad. I will say that Plex has very good encoding, very good uh, database usage. So like using a bunch of different databases to configure uh, metadata on your movies and TV shows and music. That's a great app. Um, it also has recently updated to allow um, you to plug in your other services into it. So like you could plug in... Um, it's like a watch list type of thing. So you can see what's new on Netflix, what just got recently updated on T uh, Apple TV Plus, things like that. And you can sign into those and you can actually watch that content through Plex, um, which I think is a very interesting concept. And I think it's a very, very good idea by them to do this um, because it allows for um, better cross play and also keeps you on their platform for a little bit longer. Um, but the only issue I have with Plex is HDR content doesn't play unless you have the plex pass which is like five dollars a month or a hundred bucks a year and then i think they're getting rid of the lifetime membership which is like 250 or something um expensive but yeah you can't watch hdr content which is basically anything uh, worth watching um <laughs> in general um and the transcoding on the 4k is trash you cannot use integrated uh, chipsets. You have to use a dedicated graphics card for you to get any kind of like 4K more than 10 megabits per second. So like it's not even true HDR 10 bit um, at all for color for color grade or whatever I think is the term. Um, so it's not great. And then also you can't even use the app without Plex Pass. So I can't watch anything on my Plex media server from the app on my phone, which is the main way I consume it really. Um, it's very rare that I'm watching it on um, here at home just because I don't really have time. I do sometimes in the evenings. I'll watch uh, some old movies, old TV shows, but for the most part, it's something I watch uh, mobily uh, on, my, on my phone. Um, and so paying five bucks a month just to watch my own content is terrible because that's the main reason why you're using Plex is because you have your own media and you don't want to pay for a subscription service um, for Disney Plus and uh, Netflix and apple tv plus and paramount plus and all the other pluses because you're like i just want to watch content that i like to watch whenever i want to watch it so uh for me plex isn't great um it's good but it's not great it's a great starting point and it's great for like your first self-hosted thing because it is very uh plug and play it's very download and then it's ready for you internally of course you have to configure some extra stuff to do external but you don't need to do that um in my opinion you shouldn't have your plex instance outward facing because then anybody could access it and just log in and watch your stuff and use your internet to stream video, which costs you more depending on your uh, contract with your ISP. <laughs> um, however, all that to say, I use Jellyfin because Jellyfin is the open source version of that. It gives you 4K, whatever quality you want for free. Very clean UI, better plugin system, better user uh, plugins. So custom people are making stuff like skin editors, um, um, better transcoding plugins, um, different database plugins you can connect to more than just poster DB or the movie T uh, DB. You can plug into uh, other people's databases and things like that. So it's just a better, in my opinion, software. Um, 
and it is very nice. I'm a big fan, um, and I think it loads your videos better and has better transcoding on um, your integrated chipsets instead of using um, external graphics cards, which is very nice. Um, I still wouldn't say it's great, but I like that it's a feature that you just have. Um, it's very nice. So I do. I have donated to Jellyfin developers. I have given them some money just because I do uh, like what they're doing, and so I support them. Um, I just don't have. I don't want to be required to pay for my own stuff. If that makes sense. Um, so if all that failed, um, I would just host a FTP server and then just um, transcode on the fly from my phone. I would just do it that way on an FTP server that I could just set up on my own for free anyways. So using these systems just makes it more convenient for me. Um, so I appreciate Jellyfin and their devs. So I give them some money. Uh, it's not a consistent amount of money, um, but it is donations as I see fit. So yeah, other things in my dashboard is my router. Um, just so I don't have to constantly type in the IP address of my router. Um, I can just click on the thing and it brings me right into, actually, I think it brings me into um, port forwarding, port triggering, just because that's the place I'm at my the most in my router. Um, so I can configure uh, what ports are outward facing for things like Minecraft servers, um, things like Plex used to be, um, and my VPN, of course, and... I think there might be one or two other services. I can't remember what they are at the top of my head. Um, yeah, Minecraft servers, I think I already talked about. Um, but just to let you know, none of those are on conventional um, ports. So good luck just trying to connect to 25565 for your Minecraft server. It's not going to work. Even if it did, I have every uh, Minecraft server whitelisted. So you would only be able to hit the IP address, which is actually routed through um, a different service. So you can't really act me or DDoS me. So thank you very much could try just to get that out of the way um and then finally you know on my dashboard i have the dyn map dyn map i think it's how you're supposed to pronounce our dyn map which is a dynamic map for the minecraft server the main server that we host um it's a pretty sick concept you should just just google dyn map and it'll it'll show you some um, amazing pictures and um walkthroughs of how it works but basically it's just an overworld map with a live view of people moving around and what they're building um it's not like it's like a top-down view, but it's not a true 3D view. It just renders um, the image of what's being placed. It's not an actual like live view of what's happening on the server. That would be sick, though, but that doesn't exist, to my knowledge. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the new stuff that's happening in my home network, at least um, software-wise. So I've actually started getting into some self-hosted pieces of software and configuring most of it, like I said, is uh, management things like Heindall, um, and Potainer, which is to manage all of the future images and services and web UI stuff that I will be um, pushing out soon. So that's that's what's been happening in the past week um, that I've been gone. So I've gotten pretty productive there. Um, and then as well, um, I bought a new monitor arm. So I have a new configuration for my monitors, which is very hype, which I've been waiting for for a while. Um, and it's the first step in the new PC build, which I'm pretty excited about. So I currently have my 1080p monitor on the bottom and my 4k monitor on the top. The reason being is I'm trying to get used to having the 4k monitor be above so that I'm used to like looking up for 4k content and, um, some games that I will be playing in 4k. Um, so getting used to that motion of going up and down instead of left to right. Um, because the idea is that my 4k monitor will be stacked above two 2k um, 27 inch monitors um, once I get the full build figure out and the top machine will actually 
only it'll actually technically be what machine is currently running right now um uh, the 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 white whale as i'm going to graciously name it now that i'm getting a new machine that's going to be black which would be the uh, i don't know what it's going to be called i don't want to be uh racist <laughs> uh, so i'm working on what i want to call it um, but it'll be a mini um, ATX build, so I'm, I'm working on a clever um, term to name that one. But the White Whale is what this big boy will be called, and that's what you will be running by 4K monitor. Um, why you may ask a lower, uh, power, a less powerful machine running the 4K monitor, why would you do that? Uh, well, because my two 27-inch 2K monitors run at a higher refresh rate, and um, we'll be pumping out a lot more higher quality than my 4K monitor. So I'm going to get my beefier 3060 um, or even 3080, depending on if I can get a hands on it. Um, graphics card will uh, be up to the task of my two 27 inches, no problem. So the 4K monitor will be just for my, um, the white whale, which will um, of course run the streaming side, um, I believe, uh, I'm not 100% sure. I might use it as streaming. I might not, just depending on how it works natively. But um, at the very least, it will be where I just consume content because it can uh, it can play 4K video, no problem. It's fine. Um, and of course, it's great at web pages and all that other stuff. So that's the primary reason the 4K monitor. It'll just be for um, entertainment, um, visual entertainment. It won't be uh, playing games or anything extensive um, i may use it to edit uh, videos and stuff just for the wider resolution and bigger monitor size um because it could still do that no problem um and then um it will still be its dual boot uh pop os and windows um for the very reason like i said editing things on there and potentially just streaming may or may not work is fine with um pop i haven't really worked on it yet but um that's the idea is to have pop os being the main os and then if i need to edit or anything fancy i'll just flip over to windows and do what i need to in windows but the idea is to do as little as possible in windows as i can and to use docker containers and stuff to augment um, my life in linux um so yeah the first step is completed in my hardware uh update which is very exciting i'm very happy about that i'm looking forward to some more changes that will be closer towards the end of summer, I think, just because I have a lot of stuff I got to pay for in June and July. Um, so a lot of my uh, budget goes towards those um, than it does towards um, fun hardware um, because it's not necessary. The things that I'm buying are more necessary or better life experiences than what hardware can give me. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much that's that's it. You know, that's all I got. So I appreciate everybody coming in and listening. Um, hopefully you've had something fun to listen to throughout this podcast and I've kept it under 40 minutes, which is what I was hoping for on a episode where I was coming back. I didn't want to just like drop a hundred, uh, hundred minute on you or nothing like that. I didn't want to send, send too big of a podcast to, for, you know, people that weren't used to me. I mean, people do like that. I understand that people like, like, oh, you've been gone. So I want more of you, but other people are like, I don't know if it's worth listening that long, if you're not going to be consistent. So I'm still trying to keep episodes at the same length regardless of how long it's been. But of course, the longer it's been, the more topics I have to discuss and things that I'm more interested in because I've spent a lot more time thinking about them. So it's hit or miss on times on because of that. But yeah, I do appreciate everybody dropping in and saying hello and listening in um, whatever time of day it is. Uh, I really hope that it's something uh, nice and cold and you're feeling comfy because it's going to be a very, very hot week this week. So enjoy. 
the time until it gets unbearably hot and humid because <laughs> that'll be right around the corner before you know it. so yeah with that being said appreciate everybody being here bye guys have a, have a good time bye bye であり味方でもある。